Well, it is so good to see each of you. I do want to thank Brother Preston for filling in for me last Sunday when I was sick, and uh, I appreciate him. Uh, he never wavers and he never hesitates. He is there, and I appreciate that. For the last several weeks, I have been preaching out of the book of Genesis, and we have been learning and studying about how God continues to deliver his people even after the great flood and even how God told Noah exactly what to do even after the great flood God told the people to scatter and to go and to multiply and and build uh, again the the population well this morning we're in Genesis chapter 11 Genesis chapter 11 and I'd like to read verses 1 through 9 of Genesis chapter 11 The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make make oven-fried bricks. Not oven-fried chicken, okay? (laughs) Oven-fried fire. Must be something on the mind, huh, Lonnie? (laughs) Did I do that in the first service too? No? Okay. All right. They used those bricks. Let's go on. They used those bricks. Oh, where am I? For stone and asphalt for mortar. And they... And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. The Lord said, If they have begun to do this, As one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse their language so they will not understand one another's speech. So from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, it is called Babylon, for there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with this passage of Scripture or have read it before, but, you know, for a long time I'd say, you know, Lord, why, why did you do that? Why did you complicate things? Why did you, you know, they were all talking one language, and, and now you got them talking all kinds of languages. Lord, why? Well, have you ever given guidance over a bunch of kids, and all of a sudden you haven't seen them in a while? And you say, let me go find out what they're doing. It's kind of like God coming down and says, let me go see what they're doing on this plane of Shinar. And there he found them building this tower trying to reach God, supposedly. 
Well, there's some things that we need to be reminded of in this passage of Scripture. First of all, God had told the people of that day, had told them and told Noah and all of them for, that they were to scatter and multiply. Well, they came along this plain of, of Shinar, which basically Babylon or, you know, in that area, and they just decided to, to squat and, and, and just all stay there. You know how sometimes you can get in trouble staying with your buddies too long? Basically, they were getting into trouble. Because what they were doing, it says, well, they're going to build a tower to God. But as you study and as you read this, you find that as they built this tower, some would call it the, the, the Tower of Babel, or Babel, whatever way you want to pronounce that. But as you look at this tower, you say, well, they want to, they want to go to God. Well, how many of you have been to New York City? There's some tall buildings there, right? Have you ever looked up some of those buildings and you go like, well, I know there's a top to that thing somewhere. But you can't see it. It's, it's just so high. And some of those buildings, you can even take the elevator and go all the way to the top and see the top. Maybe it's the Empire State Building, you know, whatever it might be, and see the top and look out. Well, here they were building this tower. And, and in this tower, at the top, they put a place of worship. Now, you would think, well, that, that's pretty good. But you know what? They wasn't worshiping our God. They were worshiping a false God. Now, some of the things that were taking place here is that the people of that day became very prideful and basically were saying something that I hear today that scares me a lot. And that is, we don't need God anymore. And, and, and I, I hear that across America. I hear this across our world today. We, I, don't need God anymore. I don't know if you've had a person come up to you and say that to you before. The first time you hear it, you're just taken back by it and go, what? Are they serious? But more and more people today basically are saying, I don't need God anymore. This morning, as we have sang and Tara's led us in a great time of worship, there, there's a little song that I remember as a child growing up. And, and maybe it was during vacation Bible school in the old-fashioned days when, when I was in vacation Bible school. There was a little song we sang, This is my father's world. Remember that song? This is my father's world. Well, guys, what we need to see today, whose world is this? You see, man today, humankind today, is growing to the point that we think this world is ours. We are forgetting the very point that this is our Father's world. We have been blessed to live in this world, but when our pride becomes so big that it keeps us from God and we don't think we need Him, we've got a problem. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. In Isaiah chapter 14, it says, Pride is the sin which entered Lucifer's heart and caused him to fall from his honor place among, among God's holy angels. Even, even 
this time of Lucifer, the pride. In our world today, we are seeing in our world today that we are, be, we are being told that the, if we would remove God from our schools, if we remove God from posters, if we remove God from statues, if we remove God, things are going to get better. Things will not get better. When we're trying to remove God, we're basically saying, like these people many years ago, God, we don't need you anymore. We need to see that we do need God today. Now, this tower that the people built, you know, a lot of times we think of the early, early man. We, we just kind of picture, you know, this guy, and got a, got a big old stick, you know, and he's dragging the stick. And we're thinking of the old caveman type person and that thinking that these people have no mind. I, I want you to know that even in those days, remember the days were long. They, the, and when I say the days were long, even their, their lifespan was a lot longer than ours. A lot of these people had gained knowledge. A lot of these people had learned. You know, another thing that we hear from sometimes, well, preacher, there's these pyramids and there's these, these different buildings in all these different countries. And, you know, it had to be aliens come down and tell these people how, how to build it. Well, I want you to go back to this passage of Scripture. In verse 6, it says, The Lord said, If they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. These people were able to do things that still astonish people today of how they built things. They had abilities. They weren't just a bunch of dumb people. They had abilities. They were people who were able to put things together. And, and you say, well, preacher, in our world today, there, there's these temples and these pyramids and, and all these. Well, I'm getting to that. Just, just You remember what the Lord does at the end with them? He scatters them. And this knowledge goes with them. All these different places. They wanted to stay in one place. God scattered. Now, this tower they built, it, we're not really sure the exact kind. Some people say that it was a ziggurat. Z-I-Z, I'm sorry, my mind is just Z-I-G-G-U-R-A-T. It's a type of pyramid. It's a rectangular one that has steps towards the tower. We think it was that type. Could have been something else. Now... You think of all the towers we've got, the Mystek, and we've got the ones over in Egypt. You know, again, it wasn't little aliens that came around. Again, God's people put their minds together. They were scattered and they built these things. But this tower was built. God even came down and said, let me go see what they're doing. We need to see that in our world today, you know, again, we, th we think, well, people, people can't come up with stuff like this. Remember, humankind sent men to the moon. We've been able to research the universe. We've been able to uncover genetic codes. You see, there's knowledge out there. Man has knowledge. But where man goes wrong 
is when we allow our knowledge to grow and we do these things thinking that we're so great and we come to the point thinking, I don't need God anymore. That's where we're in trouble. That's where we stumble. That's where we start having difficulties. Here we find that that the tower was in direct contradiction to God's command. The Babylons had tried to, to rule the earth and it failed. The Greeks had tried to rule the earth and they failed. The Romans tried to rule the earth and, and they failed. The Romans or the Roman church had tried to rule and they failed. As I, I, I say all this for, for us to look at, at some, of the, the, some of the lessons here. We learn that as a people of God, we have been created in the image of God. Guys, underline that. We have been created in the image of God. When we try to go outside of that and do something else or say, okay, God, you, you created us or we've been created in your image, but now we're going to erase all that. And we're going to be something else. That's where the problem comes. You see, God wants us to thrive. God wants his people to see new things. God's response here was, he he said, man, I, I want you to succeed, but don't go to the point where you don't think you need me anymore. God is working with these people and he sees what is taking place. One of the things here is that they feel like they don't need spiritual enlightenment anymore. We're seeing this all across our world today. People feel like, I don't, we don't need that spiritual, we don't need that old time religion anymore. We don't need this, we don't need that, we don't need this. Problem is, they don't know what they need. We need a Savior, amen? We need a God who will love us, who will discipline us, who will take care of us. We're trying to reach God, but we're trying to do it in such a way that, well, God, I'm going to do a bunch of good works, and you should recognize me. God, I'm putting forth the effort, but, guys, we need to see that God does love us, but in that relationship, he can only be found when, you know, in the sense that he comes, finds us. They made bricks, and they made mortar. But you know, a lot of times we think that we can rule this earth without God. And in our world today, we are seeing that taking place. Some of you maybe have heard in 1972, Francis Schaeffer wrote about our society and wrote this. He said, America was departing from our Christian foundation. He saw that what was happening in Europe and in America, and he said, we removed God from the public sphere, and therefore lawlessness will follow. He went on to say, saying that without a God-centered moral foundation, society would crumble and revert to either anarchy or oppression. Let's be careful what we're pushing for. Let's be careful what we're pushing for if this world is pushing to let God out. Charles Spurgeon said, "If If any among you think you can accomplish anything apart from God, all you will get from him is the opportunity to try it. Think of that. 
You'll get the opportunity to try. You see, America is living through the results of our decision to leave God out of the picture. You know? We say, well, you know, we want, a, we want a, a blessed country. We, we want our country to, you know, we want it to be great. But at the same time, now, God, get out of the picture. No, God, we don't, we don't need you in the picture. You ever been in a wedding, and after the wedding comes picture time? And you're in the family, and you know sometimes you've got to get your picture taken. So you're standing around, and someone's like, okay, it's your time. Get up here. Get your picture taken. And then it's someone tells you, okay, get out. You're done. At least that's your prayer, that someone will tell you to get out and you're done. But then sometimes they say, oh, no, don't go off. We're taking more. I wonder what we're doing with God today in our society. Think about it. God, stay over there. If we need you, we'll come get you. But I don't think we're going to need you. God, stay over there. Are we being that blatant? Just a few years ago, back in 2011, Pope Benedict called, listen to this, called for the foundation, or the formation, not foundation, formation of a one-world governing agency with a unified approach to religion and economics. The Vatican called Monday for radical reforms to a world's financial system, including the creation of a global political authority to manage this world without. Now, some of you asked, preacher, what about the end times? Guys, it's coming. It's coming. And in the great tribulation, we're going to see this take place. You know what the world's going to do again? It, I mean, it, it's just they're going to try to do one rule government, one authority, one power. And it's not God. This is where the Antichrist will come in. One world government. But you know what? Every time this world has tried to do a one world government, think of the Romans, think of the Greeks, think of the Roman church. Every time they've tried that, what's happened? Failed. Failed. But at the end, this is what it's going to come down to. They're going to tell you, well, if you want to buy food, you got to do this. You want to live, you got to do this. You got to deny God. Guys, that's in here. That's in here. You see, our world is trying to fix itself without God. You think so? I do. I think we're trying to fix ourselves without the one who can fix us. The truth is, we need to commune with, well, we need to commune only with God. And when he reaches out, we need to grab hold and say, God, I know that I need you in all that I do. In John 15, it says, you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. In our world today, I want us to see, just like the people on this great plain, on this great area, thought they had it all figured out, and God came down and he saw what they were doing. Oh, they had intellect. They, they, they were able to build something that was beyond even their own comprehension, but was able to build, but they had forgot what they were doing. It was allowing their pride to take over in their lives, and they were trying to do these things to impress God 
but also to say, God, we don't need you. We got everything taken care of. Boy, is that scary. Are we trying to do the same thing today? Say, God, we've got it. We've been around a long time, God. We, we've messed up, but we got it all figured out. <laughs> Would we be that bold and stupid? The love of God. God wants to reach down to help us. He knows sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. He knows sometimes we get prideful. He knows that sometimes, yeah, there, there they go again, trying to fix it themselves. If they would only come to me. Guys, let's see this morning. Do we need a big tower? No, we need people on our knees reaching up to the heavens, asking the heavens to come down. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today, and I pray, Lord, that we would see how we need you to come down in your great, mighty throne and your authority and to come and to ascend, and Lord, for us to reach out and grab hold. Lord, we just thank you for your word today, and we thank you, Lord, for what you've done. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.